Good morning, church. It's good to be together again. We continue to pray. We've been praying and we'll continue to pray. I know you've been praying too. We pray with requests which we bring to the Lord. We pray with thanksgiving. We pray that treatments and cures will be found for this COVID-19. We pray that our lives will return to some form of normal as soon as possible. There has been a lot of praying going on. It's about every service we pray. We encourage you to pray. We've been contacting each other and praying for one another. The prayer list just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. I get lots of invitations to pray. You know, it's an invitation to pray for a day here, to pray for a fast over there. It seems as every other minister or prophet wants to call everybody to join him or her in a time of prayer. And times like these, they call for more and more prayer. If I was going to respond to every invitation that I get to pray, I guess I'd spend my whole life praying. But wait a minute. Isn't that what you are called to do anyway? Isn't that part of a Christian's life? You see, if prayer is communication, if prayer is talking to God and hearing from God, then it is something that we should all be doing anyway, right? We shouldn't need to be called to do it. We don't need some minister to call everybody to pray. That should be our way of life. And if there is a prayer meeting, a prayer gathering, man, we just kind of add that on to our already life of prayer. We add those specific requests. We add those specific people or nations or whatever it is that people are requesting us to pray for. But I hope that you are praying anyway, that you are not depending on, on, on this or that invite for prayer, for a day of prayer, an hour of prayer, whatever it is. I hope you're praying all by yourself every day, all the time. However, sometime or other when we pray, we have to say, amen. <laughs> is that right? We have to say, amen. You say what you have to say. You pray until you have no more words to pray. And now what? You've prayed. Now what? What do you do after you have prayed? And that is the topic of today's message. It is a Bible study. So I'm going to quote a lot of scripture over here. I suggest you get some pen and paper and keep notes of what I'm saying, the headings and the Bible references. Some passages you've heard before. I've mentioned them before in our meetings. But uh, do take note that you can go afterwards, go over it and be reminded. I'm sure that you have been praying for this past week. Some things you have prayed for for a long time. Some things you've been battling with or you have been believing for an answer for weeks, maybe months. And so I'm going to share with you today six things that you can do after you've prayed and you're waiting for an answer. Now, of course, we, we never really stop praying, isn't it? Even though I say amen, maybe a little later today, maybe tomorrow I'm going to say, Lord, please, you know, that situation, that brother, that sister, won't you bring healing? So there is that prayer going on. But, but what do you do in this waiting period? Because I, I don't know about you, but very often I pray and then I've got to wait until the manifestation comes. And so I'm going to share with you six things that you can do 
after you've prayed and you're waiting for an answer. Okay, so here we go. What you can do after you've prayed. Number one, guard yourself against discouragement and depression. All right? The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 20, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you're waiting, when you're hoping for something, but it doesn't come around, it just makes the heart sick. It seems like you, you lose, you lose hope. You, you begin to lose that momentum, that thrust. You, you become discouraged. It says when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. When, when the prayer is answered, when your hope is fulfilled, hallelujah, it's, it's life. But when it is deferred, when it's taking long, while you're waiting, you can get discouraged. In Psalm 13, verse 1, it says the following. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? The psalmist was getting desperate of here. Obviously, he prayed and he was expecting a quick answer. But this answer isn't coming. And he's beginning to get desperate. How long, O Lord? Ever felt that way? God, I've prayed, and I've prayed, and I've prayed, and I don't know how to pray anymore, God. Guard yourself against discouragement and depression. And now listen, by the way, if depression starts getting to you, please don't fight it alone. Get some help. Amen? It is a serious thing, and some things in life, we cannot just overcome them by ourselves. It's not just me and Jesus. No, I need me, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the church, the brother, the sister, as many people as I can around me to get over it. So if you're struggling with depression, don't fight on your own. Amen? Get some help. Number two, guard your heart against unbelief and bitterness. Guard your heart against unbelief and bitterness. Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, in other words, watching out, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, cause trouble. And by this, many become Defile. Be very careful. Guard your heart against unbelief and bitterness. You've prayed. The answer doesn't come. You're hoping then things are not happening. You start becoming discouraged. And then you start becoming bitter. And so be careful of, of murmuring, of contention, of being sensitive, of, of, of saying negative things, of spreading that, 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 that bitterness, that poison around. You could become bitter against God. You could become bitter against someone. Maybe you're in a, in a situation right now because of what somebody did and, and you've prayed and the answer hasn't come and you start getting bitter towards that person, that situation. Maybe even against God. God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Guard your heart against unbelief and against bitterness. Because it says over there, by the way, under that, that the root of bitterness can cause trouble, and because of that in your life, many can be defiled. Your bitterness could cause discouragement in others. You see, it is like a, a hocha which spreads and, and, and can cause trouble. So be very careful. Please guard your heart. Number three, trust God and His Word. You've prayed. Now you're waiting. What do you do now? You trust God and His Word. 
You see, God will answer your prayer. He said he would and he will. But he might not answer your prayer the way you want him to answer your prayer. Here's a couple of ways or a few ways in which God answers your prayer. You can pray and God can say, no. That's it. Lord, but the answer is no. God can say, no, you're not ready yet. You need to grow. You're not ready for this thing yet. So I'm not going to give it to you now, but let me work with you and then later you can have it. Or God can say, no, I've got something better for you. You wanted this, but the answer is no, I'm going to give you that. And then when you go from this to that, you realize, wow, that is actually much better. Or God can say, yes, it is wonderful when we pray and God simply says, yes, here it is. <laughs> and then sometimes God says, yes, and yes, some more. You get overwhelmed. You, 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 you pray for a certain amount, a little bit of blessing, and you get a lot of blessing. You go, wow, thank you, Jesus. And I know that some of you watching, some of you listening, you've experienced some of these answers. Some of you, the answer has been no. You prayed. You cried out to God. But that prayer was not answered. You lost something. You lost somebody. Your desire was not met. The answer was no. Are you still going to trust God and his word? Listen, it's easy to trust God and his word when he says yes. When he says yes and yes some more. But when he doesn't answer the way we want, it is so easy for us to start doubting and, and so forth. You, you need to stand firm. Trust God and his word. Listen to 2 Samuel verse, uh, chapter 22 and verse 31. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust him. Can you believe that? Even when it seems that your life is falling apart, that things around you are falling apart, listen, it doesn't change the fact that God, his ways, his way is perfect. His word is established. It's proven. And he is a shield. Listen to Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? You see, this is the kind of trust you have to develop and put in God because he is God, he is faithful. So put your trust in God and his word. Number four, confess and practice the word of God against all odds. Did you hear that? Confess and practice the word of God against all odds. Speak the word. Obey the word. Worship the Lord. Hebrews 4.14 says the following. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. In other words, let us hold fast our confession of our faith, the profession of our faith, the practice of our faith. Let us hold fast. You see, the word of God you hear here every week should become part of you, spoken by your lips and obeyed. You're not obeying me. You're obeying the word of God. If I give you the word of God, obey the word of God. Amen. Hear it. Believe it. Keep it. A Christian 
who is not learning and developing a life of worship is not a healthy Christian. Ouch, pastor, I'm not too hot on worship. Listen again. If you're not developing a life of worship on your own, you're not healthy. Learn to worship the Lord, both in the congregation and privately. Now, right now, we can't gather together. You can't worship in the congregation. So I hope you have learned how to worship on your own, how to worship online, how to worship by yourself, in your room, in your car, how to lift your voice and worship the Lord. Amen. In Psalm 13, David is distressed that his prayer is not being answered. And yet, he worships. In verse 2, listen to David in in Psalm 13, verse 2. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Wow. This is his reality. He's declaring his reality. He's desperate. How long, Lord? I've had it. I'm suffering over here. But here is his reaction. Verses 5 And six of Psalm 13. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You see, although he's in trouble right now, he knows that God has been good to him in the past. And he knows God is going to be good to him in the future again. And so what does he do? In the middle of trouble, he sings, he worships the Lord. These are things that you and I, we need to do. In the middle of lockdown, surrounded by uncertainty, you need to be certain of God's mercy and you need to worship him. Amen. Number five, become part of the answer. You've prayed. Now you're waiting. What do you do while you're waiting? Well, become part of the answer. Find out what you can do to make things happen, to facilitate things happening. Don't just sit there. The woman with the issue of blood pushed through the crowds to touch Jesus. The friends of the lame man They broke in through the roof to get the man to Jesus. Jesus prayed to the Father for us. And then he went to the cross to save us. What steps are you taking in faith to see your desires and your prayers answered? What action plans have you got? Or are you just waiting to see what happens? Remember Matthew eleven twelve, which says from And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. It requires force, violence, energy to be part of the kingdom of God. Now, if you don't like the words violent and force, use determination and commitment. You need determination and commitment to be part of the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God to be manifest in your life and in my life. So get involved. Encourage those who are doing something. Make course corrections in your life. If you keep on doing what you've always done, you're going to keep on getting what you've always got, all right? 
So change attitude and confession. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, chapter 9, verse 10 says this. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. (laughs) I spoke about this. We all have a, a, a limited time on this earth. And once our time here is over, yeah, we go to heaven, but we can't do anything else here. And so he says, whatever hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Make a difference on this planet while you're here. You might not be able to make a difference in the world, but you can make a difference in your world. You can make a difference in somebody's life. So become part of the answers. Amen. And then finally, point number six. Having done all, stand. You've prayed. You're waiting. What do you do now? Well, you stand. You keep the pressure on. You push. P-U-S-H. You pray until something happens. Amen? You keep on praying until something happens. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 17, you know the, you know the verse. It says, pray without ceasing. That's what I said in the beginning of this message. We should be praying anyway. We should be praying all the time anyway. Doesn't mean you have to close your eyes and kneel down. I can be working, I can be driving, and I can be praying at the same time. I can be busy in my office or in my yard, and I, in my spirit, I'm communing with God. I'm talking to God. I'm, I'm having conversations with God, trying to listen to Him as well. It can happen. So you pray without ceasing. But also, we must enter into rest. We must strive to enter into rest. Very often, once we've prayed, what happens? Panic. Oh God, what is going to happen? Is it going to blow? Listen, you need to rest. You've prayed. You've led it before the Lord. Now rest. Hebrews 4.1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. The only thing he says here for you to fear is fear not entering rest. You can't be so busy that you can't rest. You can't be so anxious that you can't rest. We need to rest in the Lord. Amen. Hebrews 4, verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Amen? Uh, Sometimes following God diligently is not praying the whole night. Sometimes it is resting, resting in Him. Hallelujah. You've prayed, you've done your bit, now you live it in His hands and you rest. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Listen, not resting in God, the Bible calls disobedience. And when you disobey, you fall. When you disobey, you miss the mark. So enter into rest. Move out of the state of anxiety and enter the peace zone. You've heard this verse many times. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, doesn't make sense, man, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Let that peace come to you. You've prayed. You've you've made your supplication. You've said thanks as well. Well, you do that. You, you turn that anxiety energy into prayer energy. And then the peace comes. Hallelujah. Enter that peace. 
Know that God is with you and loves you no matter what happens. Huh? Know that God loves you and is with you no matter what happens. I mentioned earlier, some of you may have had no as an answer. Some of you may still be waiting for something. Listen, no matter what happens, one thing you must know is this. God loves you. You need to know that. You need to understand that. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Man, do you believe that? Don't look around you. Don't look at circumstances. Look at God's word. No matter if you've got much or little, he loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Therefore, develop, nurture, cultivate. Keep a positive attitude. Keep a positive, God-believing, Jesus-praising attitude. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's have that attitude no matter what happens. We have in the Bible the examples of Daniel's friends and uh, uh, Stephen. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 to 18, we read the following. And that is when the, the friends of Dan were being threatened. They had to worship, bow down before the king. And, uh, and so they say the following. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Remember, they were threatened by the king. If you don't bow to my statue, you go to the furnace. They said, well, uh, the God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us. From your hand, O king. But if not, now listen, you got to hear this. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Wow, what an attitude. These guys are standing no matter what. And we need to stand. He says, listen, God will deliver us. And even if he does not, we got to remain firm in him. We're standing for God. Want to kill us? Kill us. We belong to God. In Acts chapter 7, 55, 56, Stephen, he has been, he's been killed because of his faith. And it says that he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Can you imagine this? The guy's being stoned, but he's unaware of it. All he he can say and all he can see is what is before him. Nobody else could see it, but he could see the glory of God. He knew where he was going, and he didn't mind leaving this planet. You see, he was standing. He was standing in the faith. He was standing in his confession, in his profession. He was standing in the Lord, no matter what happens. And guys, in these days, when there's so much turmoil in the world, so many challenges. And believe me, your faith and my faith is being and will be challenged. So much which the Bible says is displeasing to God, the world is saying it is all right. What is pleasing to God, they are saying no. Listen, we are getting into more and more difficult days. Are you going to stand or are you going to buckle under the pressure? The Bible says stand. Having done all to stand, you stand. Hallelujah. Listen, we will see a flood of answered prayers. 
we will experience the Spirit of God coming in like a flood. So we continue to pray. Praise God for the prayers we have already seen answered. And I believe we're going to see many more. So let's not stop praying. But as we pray and in between our prayers, let's make sure that we do these things. Having prayed, don't give up. Be aware of these things and do them. Let's quickly go over these six things again. Number one, guard yourself against discouragement and depression. Number two, guard your heart against unbelief and bitterness. Number three, trust God and His Word. Number four, confess and practice the Word of God against all odds. Number five, become part of the answer. And number six, having done all, stand. Do not be moved. Amen. I pray that you all have a blessed week. May you be strengthened in your faith this week as you put this word into practice in your life. Amen. Let's close in prayer right now. Father, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for everyone listening, taking notes, trying to remember. Maybe some will just hear this again or watch this again, Lord, just to reemphasize those points. I pray for grace, Father God, that we will not become discouraged or depressed, that we will continue to guard our hearts, trusting your word, Lord God, continue confessing and practicing your word, becoming part of the answer and continuing to stand, Lord God, no matter what. Father, I pray specifically for those who have been praying and trusting God for a long time, And are on the verge of despair or discouragement. Oh God, I pray a special blessing upon them. Maybe someone, Lord God, who is bordering on depression. Father, won't you embrace that person with your love right now? Let them know and sense that you'll never leave them nor forsake them, Lord God. Give them the courage to reach out if they need help, Father. Lord, I pray for those that are finding difficult to enter into your rest. They are anxious. They can't relax. They can't sleep at night. Father, help them right now to enter into your rest, to lay their burdens at the foot of your cross and allow you, Lord, to take care of those burdens. Oh, in Jesus' name. We continue to pray, Father, for everyone that is watching that needs healing, that have family members or friends that need a touch of healing. We speak healing in Jesus' name. Restoration in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And you continue to ask your Father for treatments and cures for this COVID-19. We pray that this pandemic may soon be a thing of the past. And we pray your blessing over your people, those watching, those listening, their families, their homes. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed week. And we'll see you next week again. Amen.